0: So, uh, how are y'all this morning? Everybody doing good? Wait. Oh, got some, wow, good job, guys. That's awesome.
1: It, is this the 9 o'clock crowd I was or the say. 11th? Hey, what?
0: Y'all got up and had your <coughs> Wheaties this morning, didn't you? Ready for church. All right. I'm sorry? Coffee. Yes, <laughs> coffee is always great. Maker
1: of the gods.
0: <clears throat> well, we're going to switch things up a little bit today. Chris has been starting us out each week as we begin our time with you and so we thought since we're talking about communication, we would be a little bit unpredictable in our communication with you today. So we're in our series called Homewreckers, and we've touched on a lot of different things. And um, today we're going to be dealing with the issue of communication. So for those of you who don't know, this is my amazingly wonderful, awesome, good-looking husband. This is Chris. Y'all say hey to Chris.
1: Hi, Chris. Love, is, love is blind.
0: That's all right. Uh, and I'm Kim. And uh, we're just so glad that you're here with us. This is your first time with us today. We just want to say welcome. Uh, we're just sharing in this series about some things in marriage that we deal with, um, whether that be communication or money or isolation or drifting, whatever that looks like. And so today we're going to continue on in that series. And, and we just want to say up front, and, and we always give this disclaimer, but please know that it's true. The things that we're saying are not things that we've perfected. We are not standing before you saying, well, we have got this all together, and so listen to our great words of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. We're here to say that we are learning right along with every one of you, whether you've been married a year or whether you've been married 50 years. There's always something that we can learn, always a way that we can grow in our marriages and learn more about our spouses, and Chris and I are in that exact same place. So uh, this is going to be a great one. I'm just telling you all, communication, really. Really? Okay, right. Uh, So we're going to...
1: I'm sorry, what did you say? I wasn't listening.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. (coughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, we've talked about that when we get married, one of the reasons we do that is because we want to be known. You know, we meet a person and we, we connect with them and it's just like all of a sudden um, everything about us wants to be connected with everything about this other person. And so we spend time investing in a relationship. And I don't know about some of you and, and if you feel like you're okay to do that. When, when you first met your spouse, do you feel like you just communicated with them all the time? Whether that was like talking on the phone or hanging out after class or um, whatever that might have looked like. Some of you, you, do you remember those days of like endless communication? Yeah? Now, I did not have the privilege of going to my senior prom with Chris. But I do know that Chris, instead of going to prom because the girl that he wanted to take lived in Alabama and was not able to go with him... I know that he's spent...
1: What's happening here? I mean, uh, I'm just
0: going to... We're talking about communication.
1: You're bringing up, like, exes.
0: No, she wasn't even your girlfriend. Y'all you're never right. dated. Yeah, I just want to make sure. She's All not right. an ex. Continue. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so, now, change, if I'm wrong, tell me. But you're you guys right. spent, like, five hours. We actually
1: spent six hours on the phone. Uh, she was living in Alabama. I was living in Tennessee. Six One phone call, six hours long distance.
0: That right. was back when Mama and Daddy were paying for long distance, right? And when right?
1: they got the bill, yeah. <laughs> so,
0: so, but the point of that was, you were very interested in her, yep. and so you couldn't be with her, so your communication was really important, right? It was.
1: Uh, however, now I am very interested in you. Okay, under I'm <laughs> You see how that goes? This could go wrong just like that. All right, so <laughs> continue.
0: So anyway, the point was... Uh, or the point is, that when you meet someone and you're building a relationship with them, that relationship is really based so much on your communication.
1: Verbal communication.
0: Yes, verbal communication, yes. And so you're learning about that person, their likes, their dislikes, their interests by talking with them. Um, Whether that be on the phone or in person, but that communication is really important to you. Because if you don't communicate, of course, you're not going to get to know each other, right? Right? So then the big day comes, and you get engaged, and you head to the altar, and you get married, and you say, I do. And then what starts to happen? There you go. Wow, a lot of you responded on that one. Communication Mm -hmm. starts to die down. Because now it's like, well, I'm with this person all the time. I'm married to this person. And what used to be endless communication becomes... Less communication, and what used to be hours on the phone becomes an occasional text during the day. And we settle for just kind of being around each other, That's right. being in the vicinity of one another. And so, what was so intentional in the beginning of that pouring in and that taking time to really get to know one another starts to kind of pull apart. Mm. Now, you and I both know that men and women communicate very differently. Right? Yes. Okay. There you go. Thank you, Tracy. Um, And so the idea for, you know, for women, we tend to be more verbal. We're going to talk through things. We're going to say how we're feeling. We're going to say what's on our minds. Now, for guys, I think it's a whole different ballgame. I think that the communication is probably a little less verbal.
1: More nonverbal. I mean, let's let's be honest, guys. I mean, those who are married, how do you base how well your marriage is going at the time let's just be honest we base it on what thank you i'm just like can i say that in church yes you can all right it was god's idea it wasn't katy perry's it was god's all right so just saying just saying um we base whether or not the relationship is going well by physical intimacy correct Now, uh, what's so amazing about this, and I'm just going to, again, talk with you guys. I'm going to put the cookies on the bottom shelf this morning. How many of y'all would like more physical intimacy? Let me see your hands. That's every guy in here. If you didn't raise your hand, you got problems. I'm just saying. Now, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to guarantee you that you can get more physical intimacy if you do what we talk about today. You can have more nonverbal communication Boom chicka, wah, wah, right? <laughs> if you get better with verbal communication, because you see how ladies. How ladies rate how well the the, the relationship is going is by verbal communication and whether or not she feels connected verbally, all right? Now, of course, we rate it very differently. It's nonverbal, and we connect in different ways. I'm just saying.
0: Okay, so 97% (laughs) of uh, couples who rated their communication with their spouse as excellent um, are happily married. One marriage expert said... In an era of marriages ending in divorce, a couple's ability to communicate is the single most important contributor to a satisfying marriage. Sorry, guys. Most couples, however, spend less than an hour a week in deep and meaningful conversation. Less than an hour a week. Now, when I first read that, I thought, no, certainly not. But if I think about the course of our day, just in our house, and maybe this might mirror some of yours as well, you get up in the morning, and immediately, for me at least, I'm in the mode of get ready for the day. So whether that's go for a run, come home, get a shower, start breakfast, get the boys up, get the boys in breakfast, get them dressed. Chris gets up, he's in the shower. We all come downstairs, we say goodbye, he's out the door, I'm out the door. We go throughout our day, maybe a text, maybe hello. We come home at night, we do supper together. Chris goes upstairs, gives the boys a bath. I'm in the kitchen cleaning up. Coming to bed, love you, kiss you, good night. Is that how it goes? Yeah, that's exactly how it goes. Do you see how we've we've not gotten any meaningful communication in there? Now I'm not talking about how was your day? Did so and so do this? That communication where we're really connecting with one another. It's not that we're trying to leave that person out. It's that we're doing life together. And those are some significant things that are happening there. If you're raising children in your home, uh, whatever that may look like for you. It's not that those things aren't important, but they do tend to cause our communication to be less.
1: And this relationship should be the most important relationship in our home, is it not? Absolutely. That's key. Sorry.
0: So that brings us to our big idea for today. And this is where we're really going to camp out all day long because communication really starts here. So our big idea for today is wise communication starts with listening and ends with speaking the truth in love so notice what comes first first we're going to listen and then we're going to speak in Mark chapter 4 verse 9 there's a verse that says then he said anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand now that's Jesus talking there So Jesus is saying to us, any one of you who has ears, listen. Be sure that you listen and understand. Jesus spoke this phrase 22 times in the Gospels. He who has ears, let him hear. Mm. Now imagine Jesus saying that, he who has ears. He didn't say, he who has a mouth, let him speak. He who has an attitude, let him show it. He started with our ears. Begin by listening. And just as we think about that in the, in the context of our marriage, how many of our problems mm-hmm. might be solved? How many arguments might be avoided? How many times of conflict might we be able to pass by if we were willing to listen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stop speaking, stop trying to act, stop trying to fix, just begin to listen.
1: You know, today what we're going to be looking at, we're in the book of Proverbs, primarily the entire uh, time we're, uh, we're together today. Uh, what we're going to be sharing with you isn't specifically deep. All right? None of you are going to leave here and go, wow, I'll, you know, I will learned this you know, great Hebrew or Greek word or anything like that. Um, because, I'll be honest with you, uh, there's parts of the Bible that are deep, but so many times people, we, we say, I want deeper teaching, and what that means is I want to be so confused that I don't have to do what it says. All right. The book of Proverbs, um, if I could just, it's kind of like Christian bumper stickers, if you will. And they're not deep, but they're very applicable. All right. In fact, here's, a, a, let me tell you, there's so much of the Bible is practical if you think about it. We don't measure depth in the Bible by IQ. IQ. We measure depth in the Bible by I do. We measure it by when we listen and we obey in God's word. That's huge. Death is measured by what you do, not by what you know. And there's an entire book of the Bible called Proverbs that has everything to do about practical stuff. So before we dive in, Proverbs 18, 21. This is going to be up on the screen. By the way, it's going to be on your U version as well. It says this. The tongue has the power of what? Life or what? The tongue has the power of life or death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life or death. Let's just say that first part together. The tongue has the power of life or death. Your tongue, your speech, your words, and how you say them holds the power of either life or death in your marriage. Depending on what you say and how you say it, your words will either save your marriage... Or your words will either destroy your marriage. Your words will either build a friendship, or your words will either destroy a fin- friendship. Your words will either save a partnership, or it will burn down a partnership. That is the power of communication. The, the power of life or death is right here, in your tongue. And that's what we want to talk about today, how you can bring life to your marriage by communication. And the first principle of good communication is Listening. The power of life in your tongue doesn't start with what you say. It starts with knowing what to say, and knowing what to say starts with listening. Uh, There's another verse in the Bible, James 1.19. In fact, just as Proverbs is like Christian bumper stickers in the Old Testament, the book of James is like Christian bumper stickers in the New Testament. In fact, the book of James has 104 verses, and 52 of those verses have commands in them. And what that, what, if I can just break that down, every other verse, James is in your business telling you what to do, all right? In fact, listen to what James chapter 1, verse 19 says. Understand this, my brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to speak. Is that what it says? No. But that's what we do in our marriages, right? Right? It says you, we must all be quick to listen Slow to speak, and then if you do that, listen, this next part will happen, and slow to get angry, all right? Guys have a problem with anger, but I'll tell you, I think ladies many times have a problem with anger as well, and probably the biggest reason why we struggle with anger is because we reverse this. We are quick to speak and slow to listen, and we're quick to get angry. Most of us, the reason why we're poor in communication is this is open a whole lot more than it needs to be. That's it. It's impossible to listen with your mouth open. It's impossible, all right? If we want to have good communication, many of us would do well to keep our mouth shut. Now, you think the exact opposite would be right, right? I mean that if you want to be a good communicator, then you need to speak, right? But good communication has more to do with listening than it does with speaking. Even when when people are listening, they're not really listening, right? I mean, some of you right now, you're listening to the sound of my voice, but y- y'all are thinking about, man, I wish this dude would hurry up. I'm hungry, right? And then some of you are like, man, I wonder if, you know, are the Methodists going to get out before we do because O'Charlie's is going to be cram-packed, right? And you're, th- you're, I mean, you're listening, you're not speaking, but you're thinking about other things, and there's distractions, and there's noise, and we have a tendency to let our minds wander, Even when people think they're listening, they're really not. All they're doing is waiting for the other person to take a breath so they can jump in and stop talking. Right? I mean, think about the last argument you had with your spouse this morning coming to church. Right? She is going, yeah, 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 yeah. Not you, baby. But that's what she, All right? And then as soon as, and it's like, but, and then you jump in, Right? I mean, that is what we do. Even when we think they're listening, what they're really doing is they are formulating what they're going to say so that they can win the argument. And that is not listening. That is not listening. We have how many ears? All right. Two ears and how many mouths? All right. And there's a reason for that. We are to, we are to listen twice as much as we are to speak. How many eyes do we have? Two, unless you're a cyclops, right? All right? We have two eyes, which means we are to observe twice as much than we speak. You are only learning when you have to keep your mouth shut.
0: Mm-hmm. I heard, excuse me, heard an illustration one time that talked about, um, you know, exactly what Chris was saying: two ears to hear, two eyes to see, one mouth, one tongue, and that tongue is even hidden behind a wall of flesh and a wall of bone. Mm. So even in order for us to be able to get our tongue moving, we've still got to get through two more barriers before it can function. And so I think that's a really interesting way to look at the way we communicate. That in order to get my mouth to speak, I've got to move through a wall of flesh and a wall of bone in order to communicate that. So I just always think about that when we talk about that. You know, listening is more than just hearing. Right now, if we're quiet for just a minute, I can hear some fog machine running back here. I can can hear Chris breathing. There are things that I can hear. There are sounds that are audible to me, but listening is much more than that. Listening is focusing in, radar on target, paying attention to what is being said so that I am seeking to understand. Now, I know I've shared with you guys some in this series, and um, I want to continue to just be upfront about this. This is an area right now where, especially with my oldest son, he and I are having to really try to learn about each other. Love you, Walt. Um, That we've got to learn to listen to one another. You know, he'll say something to me, and I'll perceive that he's trying to say it in a certain way, or maybe I'm perceiving there's some disrespect there, and so I'll kind of come back at him, and he's going to come back at me. And what's happening is we're not really listening to what the other is saying. We're, we're just kind of hearing words, but we're reading into what's, what we think is being said. And i got to tell you, it's a frustrating place to be. I don't enjoy that process with him. I like it much better when we can come face to face, and he can say, Mom, da-da-da-da-da-da, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great, Walter. Or, oh, I don't know if we can do that. But when there's that edge that's there, when there's that... He's uncertain how I'm going to react, I'm uncertain how he's going to react. We don't really seek to listen, we're seeking to just kind of force our point across on one another. So as we listen, what we're doing is really taking the time to focus in and and listening for understanding, not just hearing the words that are being said. So we have an acrostic today that we'd like to share for the word listen to kind of give us some clues. How do we become a good listener? How do I really listen past the words that are being said and try to understand what are the thoughts and what are the feelings that this person is trying to communicate with me? So the first one is L, and it sounds kind of funny, but it's just lean forward, just lean in when someone is speaking to you. You know, don't have your phone out texting somebody. Don't. I know for me, I, I'm doing stuff. You know, I'm like, if you want to follow me around while I'm folding the laundry and I'm sweeping the floor and whatever's going on, that's fine. I'll listen. Well, I'm not really conveying that by my action. I need to stop what I'm doing. I need to look eyes to eye hey, with the person that I'm speaking to, and I want to let them know I'm listening. I'm paying attention to you. I'm not distracted by something else. I'm focused in on you and you alone. So L is for lean in. Look them in the eye. I stands for inquire. As Chris or as Walt or Jed or Bing or any of my guys are talking to me, I want to be sure that that I'm going to ask some questions about what they're saying. So for example, great example yesterday, we had um, some folks coming into town to visit us. And so I asked Chris, I was inquiring, uh, after he said, they're coming to town. Glad to know they're coming to town. There's some some information that's missing there, and so I'm going to inquire, what time are they coming to town? I don't know. Good. Are we having dinner? I don't know. Are they coming over to the house? I don't know. Um, Do they have kids? No. Okay, you got that one right. Good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, we're not perfect in this either, are we? I mean, we struggle in in the, but but that's I like what you're saying. You you ask questions so that you can be able to get more information out. In fact, some uh, somebody just texted me this, um, and it says this. Um, Maybe you would be so kind to address how to communicate if one doesn't voluntarily talk. And again, that happens through inquiring. It's asking them questions.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly, and and we're gonna we're gonna go into this just a little bit deeper in just a minute. But the other thing is to say. Um, you know, if, if a person is trying to communicate and you don't understand, just say, I'm not, I'm not sure I understand exactly what you mean there. And maybe to repeat it to them or to, to ask some questions That's to right. seek understanding there. So be sure that you inquire. Mm-hmm. Because if I had just come away, well, this is kind of what happened, actually. So Chris kind of said, they're coming. These people are coming. I was like, okay. Well, I didn't know when they were coming. So another friend of ours called and said, well, hey, we're <laughs> going to have some pizza. You guys want to stop by? So I'm like, sure, we'll stop by. Hey, we're going to go over there and have pizza. So then Chris says to me, I told you they were coming. I said, well, you didn't tell me what time they were coming. They could be here at midnight for all I know. So even in that communication right there, there was some unclear... Absolutely. Uh, We're not perfect on that.
1: L is to what? What are you supposed to do with L? Lean forward and look in the eye. Eye is what? Inquire. Inquire. All right. S is, stands for stop interrupting. Dear Jesus, stop interrupting. If you're going to listen, then you can't talk. Some of you are good at multitasking, but you're not that good. This is one thing you cannot good, do well. It sounds obvious, but many of us have not mastered the art of closing our mouth. When you are interrupting, you're not listening. And the only reason you interrupt is because you're ready to talk, right? And, and you're done listening. That's what it means. Anytime you interrupt, that says, you know what? I, you can stop talking because I'm stopped listening. Anybody agree with me? Come on now. All right. Very good. All right. Will Rogers used to say this. He says, Never miss a good opportunity to shut up. That's true. You have the right to remain silent. I suggest you take that right. All right. So S stands for what? Stop interrupting. Good. T stands for tell them. Tell them what you just said. Tell them what you just said. Paraphrase what the person said in your own words. Repeat it back to them. This is key. In fact, this is one of the things that I do regularly when I do counseling. Somebody will be talking and talking and talking, then I'll say, okay, and I will paraphrase what they just said because that is one of the best ways that you can understand and comprehend uh, what they're saying. You know, seek first to understand rather than being understood, right? So this is called drive-through communication. How many of y'all have ever went to a drive-through window and they jacked up your order? All right, very good, all of us, all right? And you'll go, <laughs> it's, it's like being Charlie Brown's teacher, right? And you're like, all right, here it goes. Okay, here's what i like to have. I'd like to have uh, Sonic. I'd like to have a Route 44 Coke, Easy Ice, some Tater Tots, and a breakfast burrito. <laughs> right? And you're like, what in the world? All right, and then I'll repeat the order back, and they, you know, messed it up, so, but that, that's what it is. You want to make sure, if you want to get the right things in the bag, then you're going to have to, you know, you, you, you repeat that order. Same thing with this. If you want to understand what's going on in your spouse and with your spouse, when they volunteer that information, that is when you repeat it back to them. Okay, here's what, and hear me, just because you repeat it back to him doesn't mean you agree with them. You may totally disagree with them. That's fine. That's your right. That's your prerogative. But at least repeat it back to them so that when they're done talking, you don't have to agree. But that tells, you, that tells them, okay, I've been heard. And I've had to do this where you know, I'll repeat it back to them, yes, that's it. And I'll say, yes, I understand. I still disagree with you. All right? I, but I always, you know, I, I want them to understand that I understand where they're coming from. That's huge. That's huge
0: going to move on to E. E is for encourage them. Um, This is where we're going to empathize. This is where even if we may not specifically understand the feeling or the hurt that's going on there, um, that we just say, I'm sorry that you're hurting. I'm sorry that 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 bothered you. I'm sorry you're having a tough time with that. Um, Because we want them to know that we're concerned about where they are, about how they feel. And so um, that's pretty self-explanatory. Not going to stay on that one too long. And finally, N. N is for never look at your cell phone. What are you doing?
1: No, what are you doing? Looking at your cell phone? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, (laughs) You've probably been in environments where you've got a group of people together and inevitably somebody's on the phone. You know, I've even been in situations where um, I've been in a room full of people and two people are on their phones and you see them doing this and then all of a sudden one of them goes, (laughs) and you see the other person on the other side of the room go, that was good. And so you know that they're communicating with one another and everyone else in the room is aware, but you don't know what they're saying. And then you begin to wonder, I wonder if they're talking about me. I wonder if they think my hair looks bad. Oh, gosh. You know, is my outfit, do they not like the food? Is my house ugly? I mean, those are the things, those are the places that I'm going. And so just that idea that we want to be sure that when we're with someone, we're not paying attention to these. Now, I'll be honest, these, these, these things are pretty amazing. You know, this, this cell phone's like, wow, I can do a lot on that. But when I'm with someone, I want to be intentional about being with them. If I go to dinner with someone, my phone may be on the table. You know, if my kids are home alone, I want to be sure I can hear from them. But I'm going to turn that phone face down. I'm going to put it on vibrate because I want the people that I'm with to know and understand that I'm listening to them. So let's be really intentional about that because we can send a message sometimes that we don't even mean to send because of the place that things like this and this have taken in our lives.
1: Mm, That's absolutely. Now we're going to be looking at how men and women communicate differently. This is a good one because the first one is men and women communicate differently based upon emotions versus facts. All right, let me give you some statistics. 75% of everything that a woman says is based upon feeling. How much? How many percentage? 75%. This is huge, all right? Now, 25% of what they're saying is based upon fact, all right? Now, um, now let me reverse that, because men, we have a tendency, 75% of what we say is based, we have a tendency to focus on the facts, and 25% has really to do with feelings. Now, this is huge. This is huge, because guys, when she's talking to you, she doesn't want you to fix the problem. You hear what I'm saying? All right, if, if you're a lady and you agree with me, nod your head. All right, you don't need him to fix the problem. What you need him to do is to do what? Listen Listen to what? Your feelings. This is how this makes me feel. Guys, they don't need our solution. They want to hear from us and understand how they're feeling, but they don't need you to solve the problem. They're probably smarter than you are. All right? Now, this explains why Kim and I, we get in arguments. We still get in arguments. She talks more from her feelings than facts. Me, I have a tendency to talk more from facts and feelings. Let me give you an example. This happens all the time in our relationship. All right? Love you. Um, uh, she, uh, when we're in an argument, uh, and she'll say, you know, you do this or something. I'm like, give me an example. Right? Because I want facts. So she gives me an example, and then you know what I have a tendency to do? Debunk that example. Right? right? That doesn't count. It doesn't count, yeah. And I'm like, no, you got you, this one example, you got that wrong. But again, I'm missing the point, all right? And I'm teaching this message. Dear Jesus, I'm missing the point because I am focused on the facts, and she's focused on what? Feelings, absolutely. So that's huge. She wants, uh, and your wife wants you to focus more on her feelings, not the problem. And most men, we have a tendency to filter out the emotion and listen only for the facts. When we face a problem ourselves, we compartmentalize. We put our emotions over here in this box and we focus on the facts that are in this box and we become task-oriented and we solve the problem. We're busy filtering out our wife's feelings and, then, and, and now we can solve the issue. But that is not what she needs, all right? Now, listen to what 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with... What's that next word? I'm sorry, this is all skate morning. What's that next word? Understand. Oh, I'm sorry. There it is. What's the next one? I'm saying, <laughs> in the same way, your husbands will give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understand. That, what Jesus is telling you this morning, is you got to understand her. some of y'all going, that's impossible. Might <laughs> be. I don't know. All right. You married her. You got to figure that out. All right. Just saying. But treat your wife with understanding. All right. This verse is saying we need to understand our wife. You need to realize about your wife. She is going to be more feeling-oriented than fact-oriented. Understand the mindset she's coming from as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Now, weaker doesn't mean inferior at all. Weaker doesn't mean less important. Weaker just means more sensitive. She's more emotional. That's all it means. Silk is weaker than denim. But silk isn't any less valuable than denim. In fact, it's what? More valuable. Exactly right. That's huge. Now look at the end of verse 7. Treat her as you would, as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Wow. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. What that's saying is this. If you can't talk to your wife, you can't talk to God. If you can't lean and learn from your wife, then you're not going to be able to lean in and learn from God. But if you've got problems, if, if Kim and I have problems, when I go and I try to pray to God, God's like going, dude, you can just stop praying. You've got to work on this, and then you can come back and you can get this right. That's huge. You hear what I'm saying, guys? And that's what, that's what God's word says. Some of us, we want to treat our wives like dogs, and we come in here and say, well, let me just exegete the Greek language. No, you can just go ahead and stay in bed. All right? Because, again, remember how we started off this? This, th- this, is, this is about what you do. It's not about your IQ. That's huge. That's huge.
0: The next thing that we want to talk about is words, um, the words that we use, the things that we say. Now, um, I was talking with a couple yesterday who talked about um, I think women have like 10,000 words a day or something like that they've gone through. And can you imagine the poor soul who had to sit and listen and count every word?
1: My God. Uh,
0: hey, now. Uh, and then men have like what? Two? You know, something Two words like, or 2,000? 2, two words. <laughs> yes. Uh, no. Eh. eh. Yeah. And then there's the sounds. Yeah. <laughs> right so um, anyway there was a study that was done of um, studying children um, at girls and boys and it found that 83 percent of the time um, girls are very verbal um, that they were always talking now they may be talking to a friend they may be talking to a parent they may be talking to themselves they may be talking to a doll uh, they may be talking to an imaginary friend but girls are very verbal. We want to communicate. Now, for some of you guys, I can just read your minds. I know what y'all are thinking. Y'all are thinking, because I know that's how we sound sometimes. And and, and I get that. I know that. Even Chris said to me yesterday, he's like, you have said two different things in the last five minutes and they totally contradict each other. And I was like, I know. (laughs) I know. Just hang with me. I'll work through it. Just don't go anywhere and we'll get to the resolution. But I got to talk it out. I've got to have the time to be able to work through that. So girls, 80, verbal, 83% of the time. Then they studied the boys. Now boys were audible. Notice the difference, verbal, audible. Boys were audible 62% of the time. Now, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go off the beaten path here. Y'all, I live with four guys. I don't know why God has chosen me for this very special calling in my life. You're three, blessed. I oh so um, three sons and a husband, and I can tell you, and, and we deal with this all the time, y'all. That um, you know, will I'll I'll be in the kitchen, and and the things that I'm hearing from them are audibles, not verbal. So boom. I mean, that is the stuff. I'm, wasn't that good? It was good. Thank you very much. You very much. <laughs> I've got this down. So, yes. Or um, what's that you say? Uh, the, the generator is going to explode. And call Darth Vader. The dark side is taking over. <laughs> and I'm on the Death Star. Um, you know, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, and I'm not, that's not even stuff. I mean, who could even understand that? You know, I'm in the kitchen. It's not like you're. It's not like they're in the living room going, oh, well, you're my favorite brother, and I love you, and thanks for playing with me. It's like, watch out. Here comes the bomb!" You're going to be ah! yeah, yeah. I mean, really. It's just like, what is happening in there? Um, so that's the difference. Verb. <gasps> extremely different. Men and women tend to communicate very differently. Now, Chris and I kind of went through this before. But mm-hmm. this might be a typical end-of-the-day conversation in your home. Okay? I, I come
1: home, all right? And uh, and I, I come home from work. And I I'm used
0: to get home after you.
1: All right, cool. So, all right, go
0: ahead so, ahead. so you know, in right. our house. Right, That's how it goes. Go. Okay. So, how was your day? Uh, fine. What'd you do?
1: Um, Work. Yeah, I was at work.
0: Did you meet anybody? I met a few people. Did you eat lunch?
1: I did. Yeah, it was good.
0: Did you get your, you get your sermon done? Uh, no, not yet. Um.
1: Okay. And that's usually how it goes, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and guys, I mean, aren't you like you? You come home, and she asks. It's like twenty questions, right? I mean, what, what'd you eat, food? You know. Where'd you eat it at, you know, O'Charlie's? Who'd you eat it with? And and it's like they're, like, having to pull information out of you, right? I mean, that, that conversation happens over and over and over again. And, guys, we're wondering why in the world she's wanting to know all of these details. Because those details to us really don't matter, right? They really don't. But to ladies, the meaning is found where? In the details, in the details.
0: There's a quote that says, Men and women communicate for different reasons. For men, communication is like taking a report, telling someone what they need to know, when they need to know it in order to take action or to be a part of action. But for women, it's very different. It's about rapport. Notice report and rapport. So when we communicate, we're about connecting. We want to feel like we're joined to the other person, that we're a part of their world, we're a part of their thoughts, we're a part of their life and what they do. So that type of conversation right there where Chris like, yeah. Oh, Charlie's, phone calls, counseling, yeah. I'm just like, what does that mean? And and
1: then, after that, you know, five hours later, I'll go, how you doing? Right? And she's like, whoa, right? Because I'm wanting nonverbal, and she hasn't gotten verbal. There's a reason why it's called voicemail, M-A-L-E, right? I'm just saying, just saying.
0: Nothing to report. (laughs) Keep
1: moving, nothing to see here. (laughs) Are those the droids we're looking for? I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, Good job. Yeah. So, just that idea of report versus rapport. So, guys, I mean, it's not, you know, and, and come on. I mean, I'm not looking for girls to sit down and be like, I had this counseling appointment today, and these people came in and they sat down and they told me their story and let me share it with you. You know, that's not what I'm looking for. I, I know there's, you know,
1: <laughs>
0: so you know there's there's a level that i'm looking for there it has more to do with him than what he's done so you know oh i had a counseling appointment today it went kind of long that frustrated me because then i was running late for so and so now i get a whole lot more information about that from that than i do just like yeah oh oh Charles. Oh. hey baby oh. You want a pound your
1: uh, Anyway. <laughs> yes, I do. No, I don't. No, oh, I you're don't. good. And
0: you know what's so funny? Sometimes, and I'm just gonna be totally, totally vulnerable here.
1: Sometimes, we are straying off the nose. I know,
0: I know. This is so much more fun. <laughs> so so sometimes, you know, Chris is like, hey, baby, you know, he'll, he'll be like, you know, light the candles, you know, I come upstairs, so I'm like, what is up, you got the incense going, and the candles are burning, and got some Barry White playing, and I'm just like, would you please blow these things out and turn that off, I've got to go to bed, and so, you know, we're laying in bed, and this is what will happen, he'll be he'll like this,
1: You gotta remember our children are in here. I know. All right, I know saying. they're here. By the I way, the- this is how you guys were made. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we call okay. that the Jed.
0: <laughs> this is the Bing. <laughs> and now wait, you did Bing. that
1: to me. <laughs> All right.
0: All
1: right. We gotta get back. All right, Proverbs. Okay. okay. 15, no, wait, 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 wait. I really genius. want to tell this. I
0: really want to tell this. So, okay, so he, so he does this number right here, right? And so the next thing you know, you know, I'm like, I, I do, we do what we call flinching. You know, it's like when you're starting to fall asleep and all of a sudden you're like, huh. you know, you do one of those. And so he'll be, so I'll hear him say to me, you're flinching. Okay, yeah, that's because I'm falling asleep. And he'll be like, I'm trying to put the moves on you. Are you serious?
1: Wow: Proverbs 15:23.
0: Communication.: We're moving on. All
1: right? We actually had another week of this series, but this might be the last week. Oh! Uh, Proverbs 15:23 says, "Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. Well, you know, when your wife is asking what happened today, she's not interested in the facts, she's interested in you. All right? That's huge. And again, we were talking about this. Guys, if you want physical intimacy, if you want nonverbal communication, then we have to communicate verbally if we want nonverbal. Those are huge. Um, so she asked all of these questions so she can connect with us. And now here's, here's the pushback, guys. We're like, that's hard. That takes time. But you know what? You did this when you were dating, right? I mean, you actually asked her and you were just more than, Ugh, Right? I mean you actually talk. In fact some of you how many of y'all are in sales or have ever been in sales? Let me see your hands guys. All right or, or ladies that's cool. I mean here's the thing about this. You before you just close the deal if you're like a, a like a shoe salesman, all right? You're not just going to throw shoes to the woman and say bam. <laughs> right? I mean, you I, and hear me. There's something that you understand. This you are treading on sacred ground when you All speak right. about shoes. People well, let's just be tre- careful. people tend to want to buy from people that they feel like they know, right? So you have a tendency to talk about the weather and about the children, this and that, and you may not really be interested in them, but you still have a rapport with them. You know how to do this. So, guys, let's just don't cop out and say it's hard. Because that is a cop-out, all right? So let's go back to our big idea, and we're closing with two points. When wise communication starts with listening, and it ends with speaking the truth in love. Let's break this big, big idea up into two parts. The first one is the wise communication. First, it takes time to listen. Let me tell you, people are like clams. A clam opens up once in a while. You just don't open up all the time. Just once in a while, and here's the trick. You have to be there when they open up. You have to create moments when it's safe for them to open up. Men are afraid many times to open up because we're generally, we're insecure. You have to be intentional about creating environments where people communicate by speaking and listening, and that takes time. And let me tell you, that's the reason why I love our community groups so much. It's the reason why ever since one, before even one church was started, I was in a community group and I've been in a community group every, every, I mean, ever since. Because there's something about creating an environment where people, they don't open up all the time, but when they do open up, and I'll give you an example, I'm not going to say this person's name because i have not asked their permission, but we got a, a couple in our community group and they just left. Uh, he just left last week and they're, they're PCSing. And uh, when he was first in our our community group, he was kind of the, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, and he really wasn't sold on the whole community thing. And, you know, he didn't know if he really wanted it, but I got to be honest with you, just seeing his progression and seeing him open up, it's been amazing. It really has. And I would encourage you just a, a shameless plug for community groups. If you like coming to one church and if you call this your church and you're not in a community group, let me tell you, you're missing it. Because as much as I love being on stage and having fun and talking with you guys, I I would miss this a thousand times over, but I am not going to miss my community group. I love the people in our community group. communication starts with listening, and it ends with people speaking the truth in love.
0: So the second half of that, speaking the truth in love. So when we speak, we want to speak in order to heal, not to harm. And I think we really have to stop in that moment and ask ourselves, if I speak this out, am I going to be healing or am I going to be harming? Even if we're going to ask a question about something that may be a painful situation, we can stop and say it in such a way that we're not trying to get our point across, but that we're trying to understand. Several verses I want to share with you very quickly, but each one of them really important. Um, It says uh, in Proverbs... um, 15 verse 1, it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I bet every single one of us has been there. You know, somebody will ask us a question and be like, what do you care? What do you want? Why are you bothering me with that? Whereas if we could just take a moment and slow down and think about, am I going to heal or am I going to harm? And that question comes and say, well, maybe I should think about that. Can I, can I have just a few minutes to think about that and then we can talk about it? Really important. Proverbs 15 verse 1. When you get the right word and all of a sudden you diffuse their anger, but then a harsh word can stir that back up. The next verse, Proverbs 17, 27. A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even tempered. Now, um, we talked about this a little bit, that some, you know, there are different types of communication. You know, you've got the Eskimo type where you freeze somebody out. You've got the guilter. You've got the ignorer. You've got the runner. And then you've got the hot-tempered person. You know, that person that something happens and they're just like, boo, they just explode like a bomb. And Mm. you're just blown away by that. But notice that this says a person with understanding is even-tempered. A wise person uses few words. Stop and think. Is this going to heal or is this going to harm? That's good. And then finally, Proverbs 15, verse 4. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful, and that is the opposite of telling the truth, a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Am I healing or am I hurting? Mm. That's good. If your words are going to bring healing, tell the truth. Speak with integrity. Say what you really mean. Don't say something just to appease the other person. Don't use your words to manipulate. Mm. Ask yourself, is it true? Does it heal or does it harm?
1: Mm. Got a couple of questions before we close. It says this, uh, so when trying to have a talk with your spouse, how do you stay motivated when all you get back is a one-word answer? Or maybe the answer is nothing more than a shrug of the shoulders. All right, I've done that to you. You've asked and you wanted to connect and I'm like, eh. I mean, what do you do?
0: Well, I think in that situation, um, you, I, well, this is going to sound kind of bad, but, um, you know, what you might begin to do is say, well, okay, since I'm not really getting this response from you, then I'm going to, um, think that I'm going to, and assume is not the best word, but perhaps this is what you'd like to do. And you could come up with a scenario that this is going to be our plan and this is what we're going to do. And unless I hear differently from you, then I'm going to go with this plan. You know, if you begin to kind of make some plans and take action and move in a certain direction, and not anything hateful or ugly necessarily, but if it is a case where action is needed but you're not getting that communication there, sometimes you just got to start taking steps because if that person doesn't agree, then it's going to be like, no, 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 wait just a minute. That's not what I meant. So it helps to open that door there to begin that communication. And
1: I, there's sometimes you've done this, and we're not, this is not going to get awkward, but what she'll do is she'll take my hands and she will come in close and she will look me in the eye and she'll say, I need to connect with you right now, mm-hmm. all right? Don't assume, I mean, if that's what you need, ladies, he cannot read your mind. Half the time he can't read his own, okay? So I'm just, And I'm saying that because I'm a guy. All right, and I definitely, I mean, I definitely can't read hers, so come in close if you need, I mean, get pupil to pupil and say, I need to connect with you right now, all right, and then your pupils a dial and he's going to be putty in your arms, and then he's going to start talking, all right, all right, cool.